Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, sponsored by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that I'm surprised we haven't really covered in too much detail before in this podcast, but that's about selecting the appropriate and best NCLEX option for you. And we know we have a lot of different options and ways that we can prepare for this exam. But for those of you who are sitting at home wondering, how do I even get started with this NCLEX prep? What's the best thing for me to select and to do? Uh, We're going to cover that today. And we are bringing back a guest who we've had on a few of the podcast episodes, but none, uh, none of those times has she been live. And her name is Rhonda Laws. She has been a nurse for over 20 years and has been a, an instructor for Kaplan teaching our NCLEX courses for over 10 years. And so when we talk about the best way to prepare for the NCLEX, there is no one better than Rhonda to discuss that with us. And we are happy to have her here with us on the show. So hello, Rhonda. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. How have you been? been great i'm here in oklahoma and it's a little warm this time of year but we're having a good day oh that's uh yeah in the summer when we're recording this it's definitely hot in oklahoma but uh i'll hope we can send some cool weather your way because it's been a little chilly here in new york recently uh so maybe we can we can uh kind of have a little bit of a switch uh we'll take some of the warmth you take some of the cold and it'll even out very nicely (laughs) that's great so and i know Rhonda, you're also finishing up your uh your phd right now in educational psychology which is very cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I can really relate to what it feels like to be a student and to be under pressure with all these standardized tests. Yeah, and I know we've I've, I've introduced you in a few of these podcast episodes, but we've never really heard your story in your own words. So rather than me just constantly talking about you, I think it's better if you introduce yourself. So for the listener who may not be familiar with who you are, uh, what can the listener know about Rhonda Laws? Well, um, I've been a nurse for over 20 years. My background is really in critical care. That's where I started and was one of my passions. That's what I love. I nursed at the bedside in critical care and case management, and I was a nurse manager, so I got to kind of see all the different parts of nursing. But what I really found out that I loved is I love teaching. Whether I was teaching the patients, their families, the staff, that's what I really was passionate about. So I left the bedside and went to teaching college in a university here in Oklahoma, which I really enjoy. But it kind of gave me a, a new experience. I had never been exposed to teaching about the NCLEX. It's been a long time since I had taken it. And I kept hearing faculty talking about listen up that's going to be on the NCLEX that's going to be on the NCLEX and I felt like somehow I have missed a memo because I (laughs) I don't know anything about this so I I wanted to learn more about how to help students be successful in NCLEX because I know that I struggle with test anxiety and I was working with students that had test anxiety so I sought out some different references and some opportunities and how I could learn more about how to teach the NCLEX and that's really what brought me to Kaplan after I looked at all the different options for me to teach that's the one I went after so I could become more of an expert on what it means to be successful in the NCLEX. That's wonderful. And I, I I know we're very happy to have you here as well. You've sort of built this little fan community, I have to say, of anyone who's ever ta- taken a class with you. They've always uh, reached out to us and said really wonderful things. And uh, I know I've worked with you a bit as well over uh, the, the last couple of years. And uh, I know why they say all those wonderful things, because you are a pleasure to work with and <laughs> an excellent instructor. So when we're thinking about preparing for the NCLEX, I think the appropriate place to even begin is 
to identify why we even need to prepare for this exam. So, and I mean, because we do go through a couple years of nursing school and we, we have all the content by the time we graduate, but why do we even need to prepare for the NCLEX? Well, that's one of the most common questions that people ask me is, do you really need to invest in an NCLEX review course? And my answer is, Absolutely, I think you need to do. Now you need to you need to pick out the best option for you, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Some things that you need to consider because not one size fits everybody. There's so many different options out there that we'll explain. I'll explain a little bit more of those as we go through. But um, I can tell you when I went to take the standardized test to go back to grad school again, I used Kaplan Resources because I knew that I couldn't just walk into a test cold anymore. It's a different type of environment, and you may meet nurses who tell you you don't need a review course, but just know that you're taking a different test today than they took when they became nurses. So that's something you really want to keep in mind. And the NCLEX is different than your nursing school exams. A lot of times students don't understand um, how that how tests come about, but in nursing school, they're usually written by either your faculty or a committee or hopefully not a standardized test bank. But it's a very, um, since we don't have as many resources in nursing schools, as you do for the NCLEX. And so the NCLEX exam is written by the NCBSN, the National Council or State Board of Nursing, and this is what they do. They work very hard, they bring in experts from all over the country, their tests are created, they go through significant statistical analysis. I would bore you to death if I explained how that all worked, but just know that these are totally different tests than what you take in nursing school. They're written at a different level. And when you go to take the NCLEX, 15 of the questions that you see, no matter how many questions you get, are just trial questions. Now, sadly, nothing will pop up on the screen that says, hey, this one's just for fun. You don't really have to try. But you will have questions that they're running statistics on, and so initially the questions are written, then they're going up to students on NCLEX as a trial. They look at the statistics after that, and they really break it down and see, hey, you know what? Answer choice B, C, and D are incorrect we're going to look at that and see if they were good enough distractors. And if they're not, they go back to the drawing board and they're re-edited. Nobody has the resources in nursing schools to do that for our exams because we give lots of exams and we do lots of other things. So the first thing I want you to hear is that NCLEX is different. No matter how tough your program was, NCLEX will be different than what you had in nursing school. Now, a couple other things to keep in mind. Students are really good, and I did the same thing. When you start a new course, your first job is to figure out what that faculty wants, right? I teach pharmacology, pathophys, clinical four, so I know what it's like to be in courses that are tough, and I've sure taken some tough ones recently in my own schooling, but your first job is to figure out what that faculty wants. You learn our tone, use when things change, how what we say in lecture, you're like, mm, that one is going to be on the test. But in NCLEX, you don't have that advantage. And the opportunities of <laughs> what type of information can be on the NCLEX are endless. So that's something I want you to keep in mind too, that some of the rules and tricks and things that you used in nursing school that worked in particular classes with particular faculties might not work on the NCLEX. And that's part of what a review course can help you understand which strategies are really helpful and which are not. Because remember, all the passing level questions on NCLEX are written at the highest level of application and analysis. And you don't have to be an educational psychology to understand what that means. Just think back to your first nursing school test. Um, remember what you felt like? I know what I felt like after my first one. I kind of went to my faculty and thought, I don't know if I have the right book. 
because I feel like I did all this studying, yet it made no difference on my test experience. So nursing school tests were radically different, but that even gets ramped up when you go to take the NCLEX. So I guess that's a long answer to say, yes, I'm passionate about, I think that an NCLEX review course that's done right can make all the difference in how you feel walking into that test and how prepared you are for that test. Well, that's why we brought you on the show in the first place, because you have that wealth of knowledge and the passion about the subject. So, of course, uh, like I said, no one better than to uh, to bring onto the show for this topic. But I, I completely agree. And that's a, a lot of what we hear on our end as well when students ask us. And yeah, you I mean, there really are benefits to preparing for the NCLEX. And at the end of the day, it's something you really should be doing. And you are hoping that you pass this on the first try. And there are certainly consequences of, of not passing on the first try. Um, but I mean, it, there's really, it's, it's better to completely focus on it, do it right the first time and uh, make sure that you do pass on that first attempt. And so I know that a lot of times it's not so much that students necessarily don't prepare for it, but they don't know how. Or I see this a lot in even online forums that students will constantly be asking each other for advice, both in person and online, as to what do I do? How do I prepare for this test? And so when we think about preparing for the NCLEX, Rhonda, what are the different options that are out there to even begin with? First of all, you want to look at, um, is it an in-person live experience or is it uh, totally a self-study? And those are the kind of the one of the two areas you want to first decide, like how motivated are you to kind of keep going? And Matt, you made some great points because I myself have a very short attention span at times, which is why I like to keep things moving in a class because I want to make sure that things are staying and uh, that are engaging for students. But you have to know, are you a person that can study by yourself and will you stay disciplined or are you someone who needs to be in a more structured or controlled environment? Because I know when I sit down to study, especially when I'm reading um, hardcore research, I suddenly become Martha Stewart. When I sit down <laughs> to study, I think, you know what? I need to organize my soft drawer. Or I need <laughs> something else, make my own marshmallows or do something else. I can think of anything else that I want to do besides study. So I'm not the best candidate for self-study. I prefer to do something where I'm with somebody and they're structured. But I know there's lots of people that can be disciplined to do that. And because of the things in their life, that's a better option for them. So if you're somebody who can be disciplined and motivated and you know you will stick to a plan, then you can either self-study with a book or with some website access materials, or you can do the class recordings. That's kind of a nice mix where you look for review that has classes that are recorded and you can do it in your own time frame so you can if you have 20 minutes to sit down and catch some video and take some notes you can do that or if you can block out long periods of time i always try to be sensitive to people that have childcare needs or you have to work in addition to this while you're getting ready sometimes you just have smaller pieces of time when you can devote to study and that's fine you can be successful so something like a self-paced or recording of classes might be a great option for you now the uh, a classes meeting with structure, there's uh, two options that I would want you to consider. There's either the online classes, which is a webinar. Coolest thing about that is you don't have to drive. So it'll be right in your own home. As long as you have a basic laptop with a webcam, you're good to go. You can be really interactive as the class is going on. They'll ask you questions. It's not just a talking head reading things to you. It's actually a live classroom where you can engage. They'll ask you questions. 
you can ask questions if you didn't understand something. There's people teaching, there's TAs. So it's a really interactive and engaging environment. So that's one option. Um, I know when I've taught live classes, students sometimes have to drive in for several hours away. They have to get a hotel. That can be a real hassle. This way, you can do it right in your home. And it's a fairly compact schedule. The last one is live classes on site. And that is something that I really enjoy teaching. It's a lot of fun. It's always hard for me to say goodbye at the end of the week to the students because I've met some incredible people with incredible stories. Kind of the benefit of that is um, that week, those four days are committed to Kaplan. And that's what you do is you just go and you engage and it is, you know, you do have to pay attention for those four days. But if you can get in the right mindset where you're just going to focus and you've blocked out this time in your life, you've made it a priority, that's another great way to go. So two options. First of all, I have to think, can I do it completely on my own or do I need to be with others? And if you can do it completely on your own, you can use the book or a website access, or you can watch the um, recording of live classes. Or if you wanna be more with people and engage, you can do the online webinars or find a site with a live class. Yeah, that's pretty much, I think, a, a good summary. And so thanks for providing all that context. And I I know that when I'm gonna give a little bit of a, a shameless plug even for those, uh, those online classes that you were talking about. And I know Rhonda, we were talking about this even before uh, we, we officially started recording, but in our feedback from students, a lot of the time, they'll consider the online classes to be even more engaging than in person, which almost seems counterintuitive, but th- it's true that, and I, I've seen some of our online classes, students are constantly engaged, uh, even even more so than in-person classes uh, on site, which are engaging on their own, but this, this really almost takes it to a uh, another level, which is uh, counterintuitive to, I think, what the, the stigma is for typical, uh, like you said, talking head online webinar uh, that's really more of a, an interactive type of forum. So when we think about, just to follow up on this then, we know that there are different formats for preparing for the NCLEX, but even taking that a step further to thinking about the resources that are available, what are the types of resources that students should be looking out for when they are thinking about preparing for the NCLEX? I think there's really five main areas that you should evaluate every review opportunity that you're looking at. And so what I recommend students do is that you take every review, compare them on these five main areas and see how they line up and what works best for you. I think they need to have practice questions, practice tests, content review, strong test taking strategies, and help you at the end come up with a specific and a thorough study plan on how you're gonna prepare for NCLEX. So those five things, let me break them down just a little bit, but practice questions are so important to know, um, to help you develop skills, to practice your test taking abilities. Um, We don't get enough of that in nursing school. In some programs, you may have gone to a program that has, uh, um, when you look at the amount of test questions on your tests, some of you guys are taking tests that are like 75, 100, 125. If your programs are doing that, you should thank them because 75 is the minimum number of test questions on an exam in the NCLEX. But if you're nursing school, you're taking less than 75 questions on an exam, you haven't even really got the opportunity yet to practice what it's like to take the minimum number of questions. So and you can learn, I really feel strongly that students are the experts and when it comes to how their mind works and how you learn. So those practice questions need to be flexible. There needs to be a large selection of them. You need to be able to see rationales for the right and the wrong answers because you can learn a lot after you take the test 
I think you should invest just as much time in these practice questions as reviewing them because that's where your brain learns. That's where you can take the information from the question, this one particular question, and draw principles from it that you can apply to other questions on the NCLEX. And that's the goal. That's what you're looking for. So the practice questions, you have a large amount of them. It should be flexible. You should have the ability to decide what types of questions you want to look at from the NCLEX blueprint. Do you want physiological adaptation? Do you want care management? What are the what are the sections you want? You should be able to choose those. We should have rationales that make sense and that they're available to you that for the right and the wrong answer. So you can kind of learn from those. You'll pick up exciting nursing trivia that you, no one in your family will care about but you will as you go through it and you can just add that to a notebook as you go along for review and the results are really important you want strategic results reporting you don't want just a grade of how many you got right and how many you got wrong you want to see how many you got right and wrong in each of the NCLEX blueprint topics because that's going to help you study smarter like I said I don't have a very big attention span, so when I'm studying, I need to really focus to get results. So part of the strategy should be in your results reporting is taking a look at that and you see progress reports in the NCLEX format. So you know how to plan, okay, it only makes logical sense that you're gonna go after the areas that you're getting the lower scores in because that's how you're gonna see the biggest jump in your overall scores. So that's what I recommend for practice questions. In addition, to just having like a bank of questions to look at, you wanna look for something that has practice tests. That means these are set and they should get progressively harder as you go through the review, where you have a test that starts off with the relatively easier content, the lower level, and it should progress by the end of it to get you ready to take a test that is the full 265. Now that's a fate worse than death to have to go through it, but you wanna already have had the experience of taking a 265 question test before you go into the NCLEX because nobody walks into NCLEX thinking, you know what I wanna to do today? I wanna to go the full route. But lots of people end up going all the way to 265 and passing by the way, but you wanna make sure that you're mentally ready for that because that is a marathon. You don't wanna go from somebody like, I wouldn't go out today and say, you know what? I've never ran before, but I think a 26.2 miles would be an awesome idea to do today. <laughs> So you want to make sure that you've had that experience that really will help with your confidence. When I worked with students who've not been successful in the NCLEX, usually it's the anxiety hmm. that was the most difficult for them. Once they, they're just saying like, you know, 75, 75, 75, 75. And when 76 comes, they start to start to melt down. You really have to walk into a test saying, I don't want 265, but if I get it, bring it on because I have done it before. So that's what I think is really important is that you build up the endurance and you can use the practice questions to help build up your endurance. I always recommend with students when you take a test, start paying attention at the number that you lose the will to live. That you just think, I don't want to finish this. And now it can't be two, it needs to be higher than two or three. But you know, you kind of pick that number and then we work with you and we set up your study plan help you build mental endurance so you can go longer with questions just like if you're running we gradually build your your distance another thing is consider a review that actually has a computer adaptive test remember no nursing schools have computer adaptive tests that means however you answer question number one determines what question number two will be not by topic but level of difficulty because the whole goal in NCLEX is to keep 
answering questions correctly so you stay above that passing standard. That's what you're looking for to be successful. And a computer adaptive test is going to be a much better representation of what you're going to actually take in NCLEX. So look for a, uh, an NCLEX review opportunity that gives you the chance to take a computer adaptive test. And I believe um, a computer adaptive test should be available for Kaplan. Are they not, Matt? Yes, they are. Uh, they are available. So you can actually, if you go to kaplanursing.com, and I, I believe we're really the, the only ones that offer this, at least this level of, of realistic practice, it is we offer a truly co a computer adaptive exam. So you, you take the test and it's going to adapt to your performance question by question, just like Rhonda just described, and it will shut off once it's determined that you have either passed or failed, and it could be anywhere uh, again, to Ron's point, between 75 questions and 265 questions. Uh, the one leg up that this has over the real NCLEX is the real NCLEX reporting is is incredibly basic, whereas uh, if, they, if you can even call it a report, and our uh, report actually gives you really in-depth analysis to help you to identify what you need what you need to do with that information and how to then become successful on the NCLEX, at least in the, the computer adaptive and even the aspect and even the content aspect. Uh, and the other the other thing is that you can actually take three individual computer adaptive tests. So you can go in and take it once, use the report to then take it again, or maybe do some practice in between, and then try again a third time. And uh, we guarantee that with each of those three, you will not see a repeat question, whether you do 75 questions or even the full 265 questions all three times, which we hope not to Rhonda's point about it being a marathon. But that's the long answer to yes, you can, if you go to kaplanerson.com, we do have a, a computer adaptive test program that you can select that is available to you. Oh, that is excellent. And you know, when we say computer adaptive, students always think like somehow the NCLEX, the angry South Pole elves that write that test can tell what you don't know. Like for me, it would be women's health. I am not a women's health person, not my favorite area. And so, I would think like, oh, it's going to be fetal heart tones. I know they're going to get me on fetal heart tones. Well, the NCLEX doesn't pick up that you don't know a specific content. It will just take the level of question. It'll be harder or easier based on if you get it right or get it wrong. But man, you have the opportunity to take a computer adaptive test is killer. That's really going to help you be prepared. And that is the best way to beat anxiety. Um, because I teach pharmacology and I've been a nurse instructor a long time, I've worked with lots of students that have real test anxiety, you know, the heart racing, all that kind of stuff. And one of the best ways we work on minimizing their anxiety is helping them remember you've done everything you can do to prepare. You put yourself through every opportunity that you've tried every trial run that you could. This is everything you can do. Now you just have to go in there and do your best. So we talked about practice questions, a lot of them and have flexibility in picking them. Practice tests where things are picked for you and the opportunity to do a computer adaptive test. Now review content. And you'll see lots of debates on the internet whether you need content or questions, content or questions. The answer is you need both. But you're in nursing school, you're very focused on content and you have a lot of that in your brain. What you want to do in a review is gain strategies on how to organize that content so you can retrieve it when you need to use it and apply it to questions. And that's why as an educational psychology major, I love how we teach students that stuff because we're going to help teach you how to organize your brain in a way that you can retrieve it, move it from your working memory, and you can answer those questions and have a really good shot at picking stronger and better answers. So review content is really your preference. Um, you want to look like, do you like text better? Do you like, you know, we have eBooks, you have those type of options. Do you like text 
or do you like videos? People learn in different ways and their preference are different things, but those are two great options for you and you can use them both in combination. But the idea is that you only review content based on the reports you're getting from your tests and your QBank questions where they tell you have some areas of struggle, okay? Because my neuroses, when I get that, if I see that big book, I think I have to read it from cover to cover and I need to highlight it and I need to make notes. You really have done a good job in graduating from nursing school. So you wanna be strategic about how you study and go after the areas that the tests and the questions identify are your weaknesses. You cannot go back and relearn everything. And you honestly don't want to. So we wanna help you be really strategic with that. And I'm all about not wasting my time. And that's the best way to get the biggest bang for your buck out of studying and preparing for the NCLEX. So the fourth one are true test taking strategies. Okay, the not, not the ones that worked in nursing school necessarily, but we're looking for ones that work in NCLEX level questions. And you've probably heard people talk about the decision tree. Um, it's just a method. It's a very simple method. It's five steps and you can walk through and apply it to every question. And here's kind of how this happens. I usually tell students the story about, um, I have a friend who's a hunter who never invites me to go hunting because you have to be quiet and patient and I am neither. So I don't <laughs> get invited to go, but he showed me a picture of, uh, the, of a fall scene and asked me to find the deer which to my chagrin, because as a child, I was a brilliant at highlights, those, you know, finding hidden pictures things, but I couldn't find the deer. But then he told me what to look for. He said, Rana, look for the horizontal line. Well, I was like, boom, deer, boom, deer, boom. I wasn't shooting them, by the way, I was just seeing them in a picture. But it helped me know when I knew what to look for, it was easier for me to find them because a deer's back is horizontal and trees are perpendicular, and that's what helped them pop off the screen. That's what the decision tree will help you do. You have a much better shot of knowing what to look for in a question, where the challenges are, where the things are to avoid, where the traps are, and we'll help you practice that and practice it. Now, it's not as simple as a junior high locker combination, you know, three to the right, four to the left, four to the right. We won't tell you it's never this answer, it's always this answer, because then a monkey could take the end class, right? <laughs> we want true. you to get the benefit of all the hard work that you did but I really recommend thinking through a question systematically will help you get better answers, I promise, once you practice it and get better at it. Now the fifth one is a study plan, and this one is key. So we talked about practice questions, practice tests, content review options, and real test taking strategies. And one of those I think is a great one is the decision tree, but we'll give you lots of others along the way. Like, you know, we don't ask, on the NCLEX and some other things that will help you do those. But a thorough study plan is where your success is. Because I can have really good intentions, but you know, I mean to sit down and study and then something comes up like anything else comes up. And I think, you know what? I will study twice as hard tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and something really cool comes up and I think I will study triple hard tomorrow. So you need a study plan. You need to sit down and just take a calendar. And this is what we do here in the class. You bring your calendar, you mark off the non-negotiables, whatever that is for you. That might be time with your family, your friends, your children, might be time away from your family, whatever that is. <laughs> um, and you wanna be realistic about how much time you can actually, or you are willing to study a day. It When students come to me and say, my faculty told me that I should look at this as a 40 hour a week job. I just 
laugh because I've never met a faculty that can study for 40 hours a week. And if they can, I always say, oh, please let me know. I'll bring my stopwatch and come observe you for a week to see if you can actually <laughs> stay engaged for that long. I really recommend 50 minutes of study, 10 minutes of break, 50 minutes of study, 10 minutes of break, done. Now, if you have some other, you might have some extra pressures, like, listen, I got a babysitter for four hours, that's all I've got, then that's a different story. But what I'm talking about is being very focused and making progress in that 50 minutes and then giving yourself a 10 minute break. And what I do is when I come up with these brilliant ideas like making my own marshmallows and becoming Martha Stewart, I just write it on a notepad on my desk because I make myself stay, I set a timer and make myself stay to do that. And then afterwards, when I'm not studying, if any of those projects still seem worthwhile, I'll do them. <laughs> they rarely do. Usually it's just because I, I don't want to study because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but that's kind of what I do to keep myself focused. Remember, childcare can be a real issue. You need to be in an environment that's super, as quiet and distraction-free as it can possibly be while you're doing that. That way, when you go and you get those offers from friends or you get the desire to go make your own marshmallows, you can make an informed decision. Like, you know, if I go do that tonight, that's fine. And that may be the right decision for me or for my family. But then I'm behind X number of questions. I'm going to need to adjust my study schedule. So you want to strategically plan when you study, how you study, and what you study. And we will help you set that up in the review. Kaplan has a, a real smooth process for doing that. And the last thing is you want a notebook that as you're studying key points, you write in that notebook in short bursts when you're reviewing your rationales right and wrong. You also add those to the notebook and you keep one notebook with you. And that notebook goes with you everywhere. So when you have some downtime, you can actually um, take a chance to review some of those notebooks because repetition is called rehearsing and that's how your brain can remember things. So that was kind of a really long answer, Matt, but those five things I would ask you to compare all of your review courses on is do they provide practice questions that are flexible and they have a lot of them and are they organized by the NCLEX blueprint? Do they provide practice tests for me, including computer adaptive testing? Do they provide review content that I can access by myself in the book, in a written format, or video options? Do they really teach me how to take the tests? Strategies that are different than just simply answering questions and seeing rationales but will you walk me through the process of how to take the test and then let me practice with an instructor or with guidance and feedback, in, whether it's through the reporting or whether it's in live and in person, and then will they help me come up with an actual study plan that works for my life? Those would be the five things I would recommend. Well, you know what I love about your answer, Rhonda, besides the fact that it is incredibly thorough and uh, to your point, it, uh, it definitely gave a lot of context and information is that I, I pride myself on a podcaster of having excellent follow-up questions and I would think of one and then you would just address it in, in that response. But I do still, regardless, have a follow-up question for you. So I was able to find one in there. When we're talking, I mean, you gave a lot of great information about of course, what to look for, the resources to look for, and then that study plan of, uh, you know, even uh, studying for 50 minutes and then taking a break for 10. Uh, but I, I know one question that we get a lot from students as well, sort of in that that timing sense, is when to start preparing for the NCLEX. Is it something that you should be starting from the beginning of nursing school, or is it something that you should be starting in your last semester? And if so, how, when do you start? And is it even, do you wait until after graduation or are there benefits to that? So when would you recommend that students actually begin studying for the NCLEX? And then in that crunch time, how much time should they be committing to uh, prepping, let's say on a weekly basis? 
Oh, that's a great question. Well, I would think when you are in nursing school, give that your total focus. If you focus on your nursing courses and doing everything you can to be engaged with that, even if it's a topics that you weren't particularly interested in, like family-focused nursing was a real pressure for me. I knew I needed to do it. But there was other things that I just really loved, and they were a lot easier for me to study and be engaged in. But if you give your full effort and focus to doing the best that you can in nursing school, uh, after you graduate from nursing school, then I would start the hardcore NCLEX prep. But think of nursing school is really preparing for NCLEX. The stronger the foundation you have by the time you graduate in a variety of concepts, it's going to make your NCLEX prep that much smoother. So I usually recommend if you have to, if you don't have to work, if you don't have major childcare issues, um, most people, if when you take the, the last test on the fourth day or you've got the feedback from your testing, most people, if you give it a hardcore press, can complete what you need to do in about three weeks. But that means you're studying fairly regularly. You're only off maybe one or two days a week, and you're studying regularly and consistently for at least two to three hours a day. I would want to make sure that you get that in there. Now, you can always study more, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're being effective. So that's what I would recommend is you give nursing school everything you have, get a very solid foundation, and then when you graduate, you can do the, you know, we can look at each person individually if you, in the courses, but about three weeks of hardcore studying is good for the above average to average student. But if you're someone who has anything a special need, like you have multiple um, childcare issues, you have a job that you're working, you have, you know, because we all have bills to pay, you're maybe coming from, this is not your first language, I would recommend longer than that, I would think like six weeks. So I would say three to six weeks, anywhere kind of in between there. Now, if you're doing something really fun, like getting married in between and those type of things, or you're going on vacation, I have a rule that either you go on vacation or you don't go on vacation, but NCLEX does not go on vacation with you. And we would help you set up a study plan that allows you to enjoy NCLEX. And Kaplan has this really cool app that you can do on your phone that we would show you how to do just about three to five questions a day that you could do that wouldn't take away from your vacation, but would still keep your head in the game and answering questions consistently. So hopefully that answered where you're coming from. I would say three to six weeks is what I usually recommend to students based on their life. That makes a lot of sense. It's something I've heard as well. And I like that you gave that context of nursing school being NCLEX prep in itself, because that's not some, a lot of times students will separate the two. It's nursing school or NCLEX and NCLEX is sort of that second step. But you're right. The nursing school is the foundation. You need the content. You need to focus. And so that is what you really want to dedicate your attention to. And, uh, you know, if you sprinkle in some NCLEX questions to practice here or there, it's fine. But really, like you said, the bulk of the practice and prep really comes after you graduate and uh, with, with a lot of real core focus as if it's your job. And I, I think that's uh, a great way to look at it. So then my, my last question for you, Rhonda, is about any other advice that you would offer, especially to students who are now starting to think about NCLEX prep, perhaps right now they're in their final semester, just starting to look at these different options and considering everything you've already said on the podcast, or they are just newly graduated and they're now actually in the midst of NCLEX prep. What would you recommend to those students? I think the advice I would give to anyone, um, this has become such a culture of comparison to each other with Facebook and social media. I would say run your own race, that it doesn't matter what the person to the right or to the left is doing. 
You decide what you need to do so that you can be successful. Stop comparing yourself to them. Stop thinking that you're the slowest kid in the class. You became a nurse for a reason and go back to that and draw on that. You're preparing for a noble profession and you can do this. Remember that you have the ability. You're gonna need to maybe need to look at how you're defining success because success is not 75 questions. Nobody woohoo puts on Facebook, I shut it down in 185, but that's still a pass, okay? So stop comparing your experience to their experience. Know that it's gonna be messy. There's gonna be times where you feel frustrated and you feel discouraged. That's part of the process. What you're doing is tough and it takes effort, but don't translate that because you have to work hard. It doesn't mean you won't get it. You will. I promise if you hang in there and apply it, but that's the best thing I could say is run your own race. Don't look at people behind you to the right or to the left, but know that this is your dream and you're doing something that is noble and honorable and you can do it. Well, that's a wonderful note to end on. So that's that's really great advice. And I agree. You definitely need to focus on what you're doing because at the end of the day, you're the only one taking your NCLEX. And that means that it's all about you. So focus completely on, like Rhonda said, running your own race and uh, let us know when you when you pass the NCLEX. Be sure to reach out to us. And Rhonda, I want to thank you very much for coming on to the show. First time you're on the podcast live with us. And I know that we are definitely going to want to have you back on the show with us again. So thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Well, thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. It's a pleasure on my end as well. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to seeing you again soon. So for those of you at home who are starting to prepare for the NCLEX, if, uh, especially if you if you found any useful information out of this podcast episode, if you're now thinking about really starting to prepare, we certainly encourage you to visit kaplannursing.com to look at all of the different prep options available to you and essentially everything that Rhonda mentioned today between the prep courses that are online and in person on site and uh, that you do on your own, the books, the the questions that you can do for practice, and even that, as uh, I was talking about earlier, computer adaptive test, you can find all of that information at kaplanursing.com and learn a lot more about those prep options. And of course, if you have any questions about preparing for the NCLEX or anything else, we definitely encourage you to reach out to us, whether that be on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash prep, or on Twitter as well, or even on Instagram. Or of course, if you want to speak to someone over the phone, you can give us a call at 1-800-CAP-TEST, which is 1-800-527-8378. And uh, of course, as well, if you enjoy the show, if you have any ideas for topics that you would like to hear, We would definitely encourage you to reach out to us, leave us a comment and a rating in the iTunes store. Be sure you subscribe and, of course, share out the podcast with your nursing school friends as well if you think that they might find this information to be useful. And I want to thank you all so much for tuning into our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast.